This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And what a gorgeous Saturday morning to welcome you back from the far north, Charlie. Oh, thank you very much. Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden. Uh, yeah, we we had fun last week. You did in, manage in to your, pull it off. In your stead, yes. With my friend Dennis. Dennis <laughs> I uh, say Flanagan. We, yes, I'm correct. Absolutely great. <laughs> now, you were way up uh, in the Yukon. I was. I was way up in the Yukon until yesterday. <laughs> wow. So, you had a grand time, I understand. Ah, uh, yes. Flew. Actually, I spent most of my time while I was away in a very, very small town called Atlin, uh-huh. which is northern British Columbia, but a two hour drive south of Whitehorse. South, uh, just over the border into British Columbia. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun. A lot of eating, a lot of partying. It was a wedding. And of course, the <laughs> yeah. wedding went on for what seemed like days and days. And it's, you know, it's a great time of year because it was, it was so bright. I, I think, yeah, the sun didn't go down until, what, 11.30 at night or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and you know what? Even when it went down, it really didn't get dark, and then it came back up. There was one night where it was overcast, and it did actually get dark. Wow. But, um, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> bright like... at this time of year, so it's kind of funny. You never know when to go to sleep. Well, you, you've shown me some pictures, and honest to Pete, it, the uh, lakes up there are just... Well, they're well, glacier-fed. That's right. Well, that is one mm-hmm. lake. Atman Lake is a huge lake. It's uh, over 1,000 feet deep, and uh, I'll tell you, one day I was feeling a little warm, and I dipped my my toes into the water just oh, to cool oh, off yeah. and it was a dip it, it was none of this like just hanging your feet in the water no. it was super cold no glacier fed lakes well welcome back and here we're going to be talking to our listeners here in a moment so i better give out the phone numbers oh, make sure that folks know how to get a hold of you charlie Dobbin. okay in toronto call 416-360-0740 and then anywhere in the province toll free 1-866-740-740 4740. Remember our mantra, if you would, please. Uh, call early, call often, one question per call. That lets everybody have a shot at things. And if you're a first-time caller, let uh, Nate, uh, who is answering the phones today, along with uh, Sebastian, uh, let him know, or bo- both guys know. And uh, this is what you hear when you get to the air. You get your garden wings. That's right. Yeah. You are awarded wings. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, one thing I did, I will tell you more about in the future. I don't have mm-hmm. time right now. I went to a place called the Yukon Grain Farm, just outside Whitehorse. And uh, it was quite a fun, I had a whole tour of the farm and they grow a lot of hascaps. Have you ever heard of a hascap? No, right. no, I haven't. I'll tell you more about that later. Okay. But um, it, was, it was quite special. What's going on, you're asking? Well, this weekend is Garden Walk Buffalo. Remember, I've told you about this. Mm-hmm. This is huge. It's the largest free garden tour in the country. 60,000 plus visitors coming from all over the world to Buffalo. It is a self-guided tour. No tickets required. There's over 400 urban gardens in beautiful historic neighborhoods of the city. So that's today and tomorrow from 10 until 4. There are five free shuttle buses 
which will take you around the city to view all the wonderful installations. More information? Go to www.gardenwalkbuffalo.com. Now, there is so much going on. The Toronto Botanical Gardens is just, you know, it's a happening place. So to see what's happening there, torontobotanicalgarden.ca. Too much for you to really mention everything. Absolutely. And the same thing at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Just, you know, they've got edible weekends, nature connects, garden tours, free this, that, and the other thing. So again, go to rbg.ca slash this weekend to see what's going on. And there is a meeting coming up on August the 1st. The Richmond Hill Horticultural and Garden Society is welcoming welcoming everyone. And this is a really big welcome. They're, I think they're really looking to expand the membership. So it's bring a friend, yeah. bring a neighbor. Uh, just go if you're at all interested in mixing with a, a real social group that loves to garden and uh, you know is always looking to expand the membership. So it's free, open to everybody. The presentation is Gardening from a Hammock by Dan Cooper. We actually had him on the show one time shortly after his book called Gardening from a Hammock was published. He is a world traveler. He's a writer, a photographer. 7.30 p.m. Tuesday, August the 1st at the McConaughey Senior Center. That's in Richmond Hill on Young Street, 10100. So 10100 Young Street in Richmond Hill. All righty. Okay. With that, I think we better scoot along to our first break and then come back. And Well, wouldn't you know, Josephine is first in line again this she morning. Is, she just tries her best to be first. She's got us on speed dial. <laughs> exactly. She's a smart cookie. All right, Josephine, you hang tight. We'll come back and have a chat with you here. The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And I uh, just want to quickly mention, Charlie, on uh, as we were making our way toward the studio, Eva D. rushed in and rushed out again uh, <laughs> to board the bus that's going to Collingwood for the Elvis Festival. We'll be checking in with her during my show this afternoon. Oh, yeah, okay. And uh, she'll be filing reports, etc. Uh, and I don't know whether they've got the uh, uh, radio tuned in from the bus. But if they do, hey, hey, everybody. Good morning and welcome to AM 740 uh, on the bus. You're going to have a ball. And the garden show. Exactly. Well, there's Josephine in line right again (laughs) in the number one position there from Pickering. Good morning, Josephine. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. How are you? Excellent. That's fine. You're better off than me right now. Um, By the way, I have a secret in regards to uh, phoning in and getting in early. But I'm not giving it away. Oh, I guess my not. Yeah. Neighbor is trying to find out how she gets in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I'm calling about is a damn tree that is growing up the side of my house, mm. where I'm in a semi-detached, and we have a hedge, and it's one of those stupid ma- maple trees. Oh yeah. How Stu- do I kill it? So stupid maple, probably a Manitoba, Manitoba ma- yeah. maple. How big is it? Uh, I would say it is about five feet. Tall. Yep. Oh, and is it right up against the foundation? Right up against the foundation. I want to get rid of it. Yeah, I don't blame you for wanting to get rid of it. Now, is it? would it be possible to just dig it out? That would be the best way to get rid of it. No, I can't dig it out because the hedge comes all the way up to the top, and that's how it got away with growing so tall. Uh, I see. So it's in down, mixed in with the roots of the hedge. Right. A neighbor of mine says she'll cut it out, but she says we'll have to kill it. And how are we going to kill it? Well, that's the thing. I mean, even if you cut, if you crawl in there on your hands and knees with some sharp pruners, shears, saw, saw whatever, whatever you yeah. need, and slice it off right at ground level, right. what's 
going to happen is a whole bunch of little shoots are going to grow up from there. And that will continue to happen until the root dies. There's no other way. If you can't dig it out, there's any poison that you would use to kill it would poison the hedge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to use any, you know, any sort of chemicals to kill it. So it's really just going to be a literally saw it off at ground level and then mark on the calendar every four weeks get back in there on your hands and knees and cut off everything that's coming up that is attached to that plant might be coming up from below ground but you'll recognize the leaves as being you know the manitoba maple and if you can just over a period of time starve the the root that's underground from being able to grow because with no leaves, the plant can't photosynthesize and with no photosynthesis, it can't get bigger. It'll actually get smaller. And so it's just a way to just over a period of time, it's going to take you every four weeks this year. And a lot of patience. Every four mm-hmm. weeks next yeah. year, just stay on top or keep removing anything green. <laughs> my neighbor's going to love that because I can't get down on my hands and knees. Okay, well, well <laughs> sounds like your neighbor's got a job. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's the yeah. instructions for your neighbor. <laughs> okay, Josephine. Th- thank you very much, and uh, <laughs> always a uh, fond hello out there to all the folks in Pickering tuned in. Uh, let's there. go from Pickering, my love, to uh, Scarborough. And there's Paul. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Morning. Uh, and Frank. Um, I have a 30-year-old weeping jade crab apple. It's not doing very well this year. It's um, had really nice flowers and everything in the springtime, but right now it's uh, um, yeah. looking really sick. It's yeah. got uh, um, mold or, or mm-hmm. mildew, or I'm not sure what it is. The leaves are sometimes shriveled up, and yeah. I'm just uh, some of the branches are kind of dying. I'm just wondering what's happened this year. And what can I do to try and save this thing? Okay, so what's happened this year is the amount of rain we've had. Okay. So between the rain and the high humidity and the you know, still air that we've been experiencing in this area, southern Ontario, <clears throat> mildews and fungal diseases have been thriving. Okay. And crab apples are very susceptible to mildews and fungal diseases. So what I would do if I were you is, for now... The best thing for anybody who's struggling with roses, um, yeah, any of the crab apples, any plant that is looking particularly yellow leaves, shriveled leaves, black spots on the leaves, stay on top of what we call good garden hygiene. So if it's a might be daily or whenever you can, you know, as often as possible, go outside. Rake up, sweep up any leaves that have dropped off this plant, what we would call early defoliation. Also, give the plant a little bit of a shake. So, you know, whatever's kind of hanging by a thread will drop. Clean all those leaves up right into the garbage. Don't keep them in the composter. Um, Remove them from the property. You'll be removing fungal spores when you do that. If if you see twigs that are clearly dead, so they'll be black, they'll be dry, they'll be twisted, um, you, you should pr- prune out or you may prune out anything that is dead. Otherwise, I wouldn't do a lot of pruning right now. I'd wait till next spring. But okay. also, mark on your calendar for next spring when it's... Yeah, it Mar- might be March, might be April, depends on the weather. You're going to buy something called a dormant spray kit. And you might have heard us talk about this in the past around fruit trees. Yep. Uh, super important preventative spray for annihilating insects and diseases, 
before they happen. And we spray that kit as per directions on the box uh, in when the plants are dormant. So it's before they flower, before the leaves come out. And it's weather dependent, so it's got to be above zero, et cetera, et cetera. So again, it might be April, might be March, might even be May if we have a super late spring. But you'll just watch the weather and you'll be ready to go. You could, if you can get a hold of that dormant kit, even you could consider spraying this fall once the leaves have dropped off the tree. So that might be late September, October, depending on how much defoliation is happening. But yeah, it's a, it's a very tough year for the plants that are susceptible to fungal diseases. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate you too. My okay, pleasure. Absolutely great. Here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, looking out the window here from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. What a gorgeous day and a gorgeous weekend coming up. Did you hear? Okay, two things I learned. I yeah. mean, I've been out of touch, right? So I'm, I'm new <laughs> back in this territory. There is a heat alert in Thunder Bay today. They're talking 30 plus degrees Whoa. Up, up that way. way. Yeah. yeah, so super hot up there today. Uh, and the other thing is, I guess, this is pretty exciting, is there's no rain in the forecast I know. this weekend. Oh, <laughs> like, Lord. First time, I think, I'm all t- summer. Set off the flares. Exactly. You got it. <laughs> How exciting is well, that? Well, I can't set off flares, but I can ring the bell for a uh, nice. first-time caller. Welcome. Jim in St. Catharines. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How about you, Jim? I'm fine, thank you very much for asking. I've got a question regarding a Christmas cactus. I bought a Christmas cactus at a a local department store. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was blooming uh, very good, and uh, that was uh, just before the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. Now it's died back because of its uh, progress of... uh, of growing, mm-hmm. but uh, since it's died back, uh, how do I look after it for it to bloom uh, come this uh, Christmas season? Okay, good question, actually, and your timing is good to ask this question. Now, we don't expect them to bloom through the spring and summer because they never do. They just continue to grow as green plants. For now, the best thing to do with your Christmas cactus is have it outside. If you haven't had it outside yet, then... It is. Okay, great. So... I was going to say, if you're just going outside, start in the shade, slowly but surely move it into a sunnier location. Be careful with all this rain that it doesn't end up super soggy. So you may end up removing any tray from below. Make sure that it doesn't sit in water, otherwise it will rot. Um, And leave it outside. You're going to leave it outside till it's actually had some light frost, which might be the middle where you are in St. Catharines. You know, it could be October by the time you bring it in or early November. Now, you will probably want to maybe, if it's out sort of in the middle of the deck right now, then by September, October, you might want to move it a little closer to the house. It's still in a sunny spot, but it's not super exposed to if it's really windy or anything like that. And you will find that buds will set on that plant based on two things. One is the day is getting shorter, and the other is the cool temperatures. So when you... uh, Now, right now, it's outside. Mm -hmm. uh, With too much heat, the summer heat, I heard it. No. No, it's a, it is. It, I was going to say, remember, it's a cactus. It's, it oh, is yes, a yes, succulent. Yes, right. Now, it's not like a desert it's cactus. A it, well, it's what we call a yeah, forest cactus. So it is a cactus that does very, very well in the kind of humidity that we have. But just be careful that it's not soggy. Yeah, right. Okay, now what about repotting it? What kind of uh, potting soil should I use? I wouldn't repot unless you've got roots growing out the bottom, and that can take a couple of years. This is not a plant with a large root system. So there's no need to repot it? Nope, not until you've got you know evidence of roots coming through the bottom drainage holes. At that time, you'll get a hold of either, if you can buy cactus mix at your local garden center, mm-hmm. that's what you would use, or you can use a regular potting mix, but just add some, some nice uh, you know, sand or something to contribute to excellent drainage. 
Okay, fine. So that answered my question for Excellent. Me. Thank well, you for calling. Well, thank you very much for your time. Okay, thank you, Jim. Always a pleasure to talk to folks. Um, old stomping grounds of mine, St. Catharines. Uh, exactly. Great, great spot, the Niagara area. I had fun there a month mm-hmm. or so ago with the 160th anniversary right, of yeah. the Horticultural Society. Just have to check with the guys here. Uh, do we take a break now? Yeah, we have to take a break now. Uh, did we? We have to take. Did we take our first break? We did take our first break. <laughs> oh well, we're the, okay then. Well, we're, no, but we do normally take a second break. That's that's right. Right yeah. about now. Yeah. I see. I'm thrown oh, completely I, with our new orientation well, here in the studio. Yeah. We're both a bit thrown <laughs> because of cameras, and that's we have to be on cameras. Uh, we've had to switch locations, and it's thrown me completely. I know. I, yeah. I'm not close enough to punch you when you piss me off. <laughs> Uh, not that I ever oh, really of punch course you. not. No. Uh, n- now, after the garden show, as is our wont, mm. we will head over to the Grenadier Restaurant in High Park. Mm-hmm. And Jean over there in High Park is waiting to talk to you. And we'll get to her right after Excellent. these words on the garden show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And as promised, oh, I better let you know we've got a couple of lines open here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me get the phone numbers on the air. 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And there is Jean from High Park. Good morning, Jean. Hi. Thank you. I just <coughs> want to ask for Pini what I should use a... For peony to blooming, force them to blooming. Mm. Did it not bloom this year? Well, they they growing wild. Oh, not blooming. Okay, so could it be this lack of sun? Well, yes, <coughs> a little shady. Yeah, that's probably why they're not blooming. They oh, need. That's yeah, you may. <clears throat> excuse me. You may have to move them. Oh, I see. Into a place they need a minimum of six hours of sun every day. Uh huh. Okay, how about okay. the uh, force them to blooming like uh, uh, fertilizer or, or no. something? No, there's no. It's all going to come down to sunshine. Uh, too much fertilizer is a bad thing. Yeah, they're <clears> growing <throat> wild. So it's good to fertilize all your garden plants in the spring. What kind? What, uh, well, what? just a, an all-purpose flowering plant fertilizer in the spring for yeah. all your garden plants. Oh, I see. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, I wish there was a better solution, but peonies need their sun in order to really Lots do their six Lots hours minimum. Oh, oh I see. Okey-doke. Okay. Thank, thank you, Jean. Thank thank thanks for calling. And yeah. I guess that's an indication of High Park and the kind of trees and the, you know, big old trees in yes, that area. Yes, indeed. The poor peonies don't get enough light. Yep. Shade. Too much shade. Too much. Um, here we are, uh, Zoomer Radio, AM 740, saying hi to... Oh, and this this is a reply, I yeah, do believe. this is great. I love it. Um, on behalf of... Uh, who was it that called in? Uh, Josephine. Josephine, right, with a tree problem growing up right beside the house. Siva from Toronto. Good morning, Siva. That's a solution. Good morning. Welcome well, back, Charlie. Thank you. I want to let Josephine know, yeah. take a knife and cut about two inches on the bark all around the tree. Mm-hmm. And if the bark is too hard, take a hammer and just hammer all around. 
Right. And as she sees the flesh, the tree will die. Well, I that, can't tell her when, but it will die for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. So basically what you're saying is girdling. So yes, removing that's the, the word. That's the word. Yeah. So girdle yes. the tree, and that will kill the above ground, yes. everything above it, the girdle. It will kill everything eventually. Uh, yes. Yeah. Now, oh. the challenge, of course, is that Manitoba maples are famous for sending suckers off the roots. So she's yes. going to have to stay on top of it. And, and you're right. Yes. Uh, almost easier to girdle than it is to go in yes. there and saw do, out everything out. Low down as possible. Yep. Yep. My lawn is a mess because I'm waterproofing my basement, so oh, my yeah. plant in the back, so I'm dying. Okay. All right. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, thank thank you. you. Good Bye-bye. idea. Always nice to hear from listeners with suggestions. I huh? know. I love it. Which just goes to show you there's always more than one way to solve whatever problem is in the garden. Exactly. I think we're heading toward uh, Coburg at this point in time to say hi to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Charlie. Morning. Uh, how are you today? Excellent. Oh, uh, Kathy, are you a first-time caller? I'm sorry. Yes, I am. Oh, just oh, a minute. Oh, hold on. Okay. There we go. Hey, welcome. Uh, I just heard you talking about that you never heard of a Christmas cactus blossoming during the year. Uh-huh. Well, I have one little Christmas cactus hanging outside my east window, mm-hmm. and believe it or not, it is blossoming. As we speak. Yeah. Uh, and you're sure it's a Christmas cactus? Is it not an it, Easter it cactus? It definitely <clears throat> is a Christmas cactus. I've had, had a big one, and it was just one of the uh, leaves that I started, and it's got one, two, three... One is open, and the other one, two buds on it. Nice. Well, you're obviously doing something very smart with that plant, that you've got it blooming more than once a year. Well, it, it does usually blossom twice, but this I'm really surprised because I was going to replant it and put it in the center. It's hanging over one side a little bit, and uh, I saw the blossom there, so I left it alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. And, you know, it, it's true that given... You know, sort of perfect conditions, light levels, temperature, moisture, and, you know, nutrient, plants will often respond by blooming more than, than the once once a season that they're designed to, to bloom. It surprised me, too, but yeah. I just thought I'd let you know. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank Have you, Jeff. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Uh, Yesterday, I'm reading through the, actually, the Toronto Star, happened across uh, Sonia Day's column, uh-huh. and I thought, I've got to tell Charlie this, I've got to mention yes, this, Yes, because Charlie. I've been so out of touch, do yeah. share. She says, uh, just let me quote from the article here, Phew, meet the Hogwarts bonking beetles. Viagra has nothing on these guys. The bugs shown in the photo, and you've got a photo of them here, uh, have earned their colorful name. In the UK, after the down-to-earth Brits noticed that they never seem to uh, stop er bonking. <laughs> it's no exaggeration either. These sex-crazed critters have invaded my garden this summer, and their energy in the copulating department is truly phenomenal. Wow. In fact, you rarely see them alone. Now, are you aware of these guys, the uh, bonking you know, beetles? I will. Based on you sort of telling me that, that you have read about this, I see that this is actually commonly called a red soldier beetle, and they're quite new in Ontario. They've just arrived in Ontario just recently, and they originally, where is it saying here, came from... All right, so they're all over North America. um, In Europe. Introduced uh, to North America, well-established in B.C. and Quebec, and recently recorded in Ontario. So I guess, yeah, they... But you know what? Just because they... Well, I guess bonking is so they have lots of babies. (laughs) But they actually eat aphids. And, I mean, they don't sound like the worst possible insect to have around. They're, you know, they do all kinds of sort of good things. I don't think they eat plants much. 
But hmm. I guess they're kind of people. Sometimes don't like to see <laughs> a lot of you know life on the on the flowers. Going on there. My gosh. Right. Stop that. nature. <laughs> Wait, like put up a blind. Or exactly. Something. Yeah. Put the children in blindfolds before <laughs> they go outside. Oh dear. Well, alrighty. With all that <laughs> to, to kind of mull around in our mind, let's go to Karen in Mississauga. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Morning. Hi. I got a jasmine plant as a gift. Uh-huh. Um, about a month ago, mm-hmm. and it's about three feet tall, and mm-hmm. it was covered in blooms when I got it, and I've put it outside. Good. And it just doesn't seem to be doing much <clears throat> anything. All the flowers have gone, and I'm not sure. And it's um, <clears throat> the pot looks small for it, so I think when I bring it in in the fall, I'm going to repot it into a bigger pot. Uh, okay, so tell me, you're calling it a jasmine plant. Do you think, is is it actually a stephanotis? Uh, I don't know. And it's I don't really, think. really, really fragrant. It's, little, it's very fragrant, and it's small white flowers. Right, in little clumps. Yes. And um, sort of oval, leathery leaves, green leaves, yes. quite leathery, quite thick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it typically grows as a vine, actually. So is it like a bush that you got, or like a tree? How's it been I trained? The, um uh, like a teepee in it, and everything oh, okay. tied up around. Yeah, yeah. So it is a vine, and uh-huh. it's all been twined onto a, a teepee-type structure, like a metal frame. Right. So what do you do? Number one, it needs lots of sun. Okay, uh, and my it's got southern exposure. Okay, and that's outside southern exposure. Right. Uh, what size pot is it in, roughly? Like eight inch, maybe, or yeah, or maybe about an eight ten inch. inch. So I would not rush to repot. <clears throat> In the fall, unless you absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. And you'll know you need to repot when roots are growing out of the drainage holes at the bottom. Right. If that's not happening this fall, do not repot this fall. Okay. Instead, just do a proper cleaning up with soap and water, bring it in at the end of the summer, get it into a very sunny location inside your home, Okay. Uh, and worry about a repot next spring. Okay, what about fertilizing? Well, have you fertilized at all? No, I was thinking of fertilizing this morning. Okay, so that would be a good idea. Uh-huh. Uh, just an all-purpose flowering plant fertilizer. Uh, you could also, I mean, depending on what you've got at home, it could be like a... I have miracle Grow. Okay, yeah, miracle Grow will work. Just follow the instructions, uh, assuming it's time to water. Water thoroughly with the, the fertilizer mix in the water. Mm-hmm. Now, we are... Very naturally, the days are starting, unfortunately, to get shorter. (laughs) Plants are naturally starting to slow down in their growth. Mm -hmm. When you fertilize, you push a bunch of new growth. Mm -hmm. So that's fine because this is a tropical plant that's coming into your house. Generally speaking, this is the end of the line for fertilizing any of our outdoor plants, plants that are going to stay out for the winter. So within the next week would be the end of that, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if anybody who's listening, you know, is thinking about roses or shrubs or trees or anything like that, this is, we're getting to the end of the line. This is when we do it. We do our fertilizing and then we're done until next spring. Okay. Other than our lawns, which we give a special fall fertilizer. But we keep our vegetables and all that sort of thing, flowers, annual flowers, fertilized right through till frost. Mm-hmm. But your house plants do consider um, a proper fertilizing now and then be prepared to not do, like, we slow right down with our, the growth and we slow down with any fertilizing until next March. Okay. Okay. I have an unrelated question. Whoops. Are all, of, 
Are all the perennials? Love, excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so Karen, sorry, Karen, I have to kind of, have kind of hold uh, on here because we're only allowed one question oh, per okay. call. But okay, call but back. hey, you can always call back, okay? <laughs> Almost guaranteed to get in at this but, point in the game, okay? <laughs> Thank thanks, you very Karen. much for understanding, Karen. And in fact, we're up to our next break here on the show. I got to I got to take care of Charlie because she's had a week off and she's been very busy up north there. A lot of eating, a lot of uh, partying. <laughs> so, she, and, you know, I don't want to overwork you. That's thank you very huh? much for that. Also, feeling so out of touch. Well, true. Because I I was in a per- place where there was no cell service, no Wi-Fi, and I was staying in a place with no electricity. So you know nothing about Trump? What's going, going on there? I know nothing oh, that's God. going on anywhere. And, well. and you know, it, it was actually kind of a hard thing. You know, I'm carrying around yeah. a phone with a dead battery. Like yeah. oh. my camera died, my my lifeline was gone. <laughs> and with no electricity to recharge. Oh my God! That's right. So yeah. and you know what? It, it's kind of refreshing to have no access for a full week like that. I can believe you. I can believe you. Well, we're going to give you that little well-earned rest right here as we pull over to the side of the road to uh, recharge, as it were. And uh, we'll be back here, of course, with Charlie Dobbin on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And my friends, I gotta congratulate Charlie because she's had to assume uh, the different role of being the actual person who puts the mics on and off. Serious responsibility. Yeah, I know. Oh. You, see, you see what I was going I'm through? I'm telling well, you, gosh, right. whew, I should get a raise or something <laughs> yeah. for this. Oh man! Oh well, no, let's not carry it too far. <laughs> hey, Valerie in Toronto. Good morning, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. I want to plant some juniper mm-hmm. shrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, can they grow in the St. Lawrence River area? St. Lawrence? It, it's near Quebec. Oh, for sure. East of Kingston. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, the main thing with junipers, and uh, this to me kind of works, if you're familiar with any of the art created by the Group of Seven, so mm-hmm. that it's that Canadian art, and you think of the rocky hillsides, and then there's some little sprout of green sticking off the, the cliff, that's okay. a juniper. So, what do junipers love? They love very well-drained soil, very open, sunny uh, situations, and they can grow under the most adverse conditions. They're very tough plants. The main things are lots of sun and well-drained soil. Okay. Are these the junipers that I can get the berries from that we can eat or use in cooking? Yep, yep. Yep. Also and, making gin? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> making gin, making teas, yes. They, junipers, any of the junipers can be used for uh, culinary and medicinal purposes. And I can get them at the garden center? Yeah, any garden center, just re, because jun, there's many, many, many kinds of junipers. Uh, mm-hmm. Some, And if you're talking about like a shrub, so uh, something that's not, there's two shapes to junipers. One is a shrub that grows... A, you know, horizontal mm-hmm. to the ground, and the other are the pyramidal form, which grow like a little Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. All of there's different growth habits. Even some of the shrubs, the lo, so-called low-growing ones, can be as much as ten feet across and eight feet tall in a couple of years. So okay. just and then others will stay, you know, 
tiny, <laughs> you know, three inches tall. You know, so there's all different shapes, colors, forms. Uh, and so just read the tags, have an idea of how you want this plant to grow. They come in different colors. There's greens, blues, golds. So lots of choices in the juniper group. Okay, okay. Bill. Thank right. you very much. Thank and thanks for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Now, in St. Catharines, a first-time caller. Hey, Ray, welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. Hi. Uh, can you tell me a natural way to get rid of spider mites? I brought home a mum oh. uh, from, a, from a charity, and... Um, it was beautiful. It was flowering, and then it died. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed, like when I looked closer, I noticed it had all these like spiders oh, on it. Did you and actually then it spread to all my other plants? Mm. Oh dear, yeah. Did you actually see the spiders, or are you seeing the yeah, I webbing? Can, you can see them crawling. You, okay, so how roughly what size are they? The spiders? Oh, they're tiny. Okay, tiny, tiny. So you have really good eyesight. Because <laughs> yes. yeah. you must. Because spider mites are so tiny, most people can't see them uh, without a magnifying glass. Yeah, so, no, I have good eyes, but yeah, they're very, very small. And right. you can see the webs. Yeah, okay, yes, you should. You would be able to see the webbing. All right, so the best way that I know of to get rid of spider mites, there's a, yeah, depending on what the plants are that you're dealing with. Well, I have herbs, I have uh, flowers, I have a bunch of different uh, plants. Like house plants, right? And you and the mum is long gone. It sounds like. Well, I put that outside. Okay. So and she seems to be doing well out there on the balcony. Oh, so okay. I, right. I don't know. Um, okay, so spider mites. You're right. They are tiny, tiny spiders. You can theoretically kill them with things like a soap spray, uh, like a yeah. safer soap. And I say theoretically because they have a fairly short gestation period so from eggs being laid to being hatched is anywhere from four to ten days wow that and is a, quick game. yeah mm-hmm. and any of the soap sprays of course do not kill eggs but soap okay. can be hard on plants so there's right. a fine line between you know what, what you spray with one, one of my favorite sprays believe it or not for spider mites and for white fly is something called end all so e-n-d-a-l-l and okay. if you read the instructions on it of course it's a shake 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 spraying thoroughly all angles of the plants, particularly the underside of the leaves, yeah. uh, because that's where the spider mites are located. Yeah. And depending, like say you had a palm tree as one of your house plants, it's virtually impossible to kill insects on a palm because they'll go right down inside the growing tip and be completely oh. protected from any sprays that you apply. The right. sprays we have available to us must contact the spider or the insect, uh, depending on what you're trying to annihilate. So that's the thing that's some plants are just, you know, you, you kill everything that's that's visible, but as the new growth emerges, it's emerging with new crop of insects attached or spiders. So just right. be aware of that. There, there could be plants. Just get into every crack and cranny that you can and make sure that it's you don't do your spraying on, on a hot, sunny day. Make sure the plants are not in the sun post-spray. Right. Post okay. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Ray. Uh, Charlie and I have to step back from the microphones momentarily here on The Gardening Show just to uh, let everybody know uh, that we have wonderful sponsors here on the show, and we give uh, the platform to them for the next uh, minute or two. Right. Stick around. We're going to be back with another first-time caller momentarily. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeedy. We're back and uh, well, we didn't go anywhere, actually. Yeah, yeah we were here the whole time. Exactly. Singing along to the commercials. <laughs> right. Uh, Muriel in Coburg. There you go, first time caller. Good morning. Morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. I have a Florida tangerine plant that I planted from seed. Oh. It's about seven years old, five feet tall. And it's in a 10-inch pot. Mm -hmm. Now, I was wondering if it ever is going to bear fruit or flowers. Mm. Do they have male and female plants in the... No, they are are, uh, both. Uh, male and female in each flower, mm-hmm. but you've got to get the flowers to form. So tell me, did you put it outside for the summer? It's outside now, but I live in an apartment. I have no sun, only mm-hmm. one window on the east side. Yeah, that's your challenge. Mm-hmm. Yep. They want lots and lots and lots of sun. I wonder, so you do keep it in the east window in the winter, right? Yeah. Okay, I wonder if it's, it might be an idea for you to consider some supplementary lighting. Okay. Uh, like just a little grow light. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it, could be, it doesn't have to be like a fluorescent tube or anything, but, you know, a single bulb in a, a it could be, you know, a, a table or, sorry, a floor lamp that has the um, alligator, whatever you call it, you know, ostrich mm-hmm. neck sort of thing where you can actually really shine light on the plant. Mm-hmm. Particularly in the winter when our days are short, it wants as much light as you can possibly give it. Okay. Um, you want if you've had it for five years, you're probably doing the right things in terms of watering. Yeah. And it does the like to. Are, you the will need. These are beautiful green. Oh, Just beautiful. good, 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 good. Well, um, and then it's fertilizing. You know, starting to fertilize in February once a month with a, a you know a good sort of flowering plant fertilizer when you're watering. Okay, what would that be? Well, I mean, many people like the miracle Grow, but there's uh, other fertilizers. You know, like it's it's basically like a 515-5. It's something usually with a high middle number. Uh-huh. <clears throat> That'll be a flowering plant, fertile, flowering plant fertilizer okay. to encourage the blooms. Now, if once you get to the point of getting those little white flowers, which is what you're aiming for, they are fragrant, they're lovely, but you don't have insects inside your house to fly around and do the pollinating. So oh. you have to be the little insect. You need the little paintbrush or the little Q-tip. And once those flowers start to are there and are opening up, you're going to go around and you're going to pollinate the flowers. Okay. Okay. And then you'll get fruit. Okay. There great. you go. Okay. Okay. Just one question about that. Uh, to pollinate, how do you do that? Just well, with a very soft paintbrush, a small paintbrush, you just wiggle the dry brush into an open flower, and uh-huh. then you take that same brush and you move to another flower and do that same wiggling into the center of the flower, and you're moving the pollen from flower you to become flower. Become a bee. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to be Mother Nature. Okay. Isn't that good. neat? <laughs> okay. You, I, I, I never knew you could show. do that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Muriel. <laughs> yeah, you can us, do yeah. it. Well, so, <clears throat> excuse me, my daughter lives up high in an apartment. Uh-huh. So high up. Well, it's not that high, but it's high enough that her little pepper plants, because she's got quite the little yeah. garden going on there, her peppers were flowering, but she wasn't getting any fruit. So I said, you know what? You're going to have to be the little insect. So I showed her how to do it just with a Q-tip. And sure enough, she's got little peppers coming now. Isn't that neat? All righty. See what you don't learn on this show. I tell you. Hey, Jesse. Sex education and everything. (laughs) Jesse in Toronto. Welcome to the show. Hello. Morning. Hello, Charlie. You've got a great program. Thank you. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. I brought uh, two amaryllis plants 
upstairs from the basement in the spring okay. and put them in the south window. Okay. Now they have grown huge, long leaves. Right. Now what do I do with them now? Uh, I would. Well, okay. So you brought them up in the spring. So they've been growing for the how many months now? For three months. Three months. What I would do is I'd probably leave them with those huge green leaves, allow them to continue to grow as as green plants throughout August. Uh, yeah. And he could even go as far as into September. Or, or you know what, maybe just keep them growing as green plants and then stop watering at the end of August. Just let them be wherever they are, sunny spot, stop watering. The leaves are eventually going to turn yellow. And you're going to force them to go dormant by stopping the watering. Oh, one, one leaf is getting yellow at the end. Okay, so that's fine. So, you know, water as required up until the end of August. Be careful to not overwater. But basically, they need a little break. And once they've had a little break of about five weeks, they sh- you should be able to... They will start to grow, and you'll know... I mean, amaryllis can be a little fussy, but the the bottom line is that the flower stem usually comes up first and the leaves come next. So when we're waking up our amaryllis and we're getting all kinds of leaves, then that's not, then you can kind of know in your heart of hearts that they're likely to not bloom this time around. Uh, and they're just going to put out a lot of leaves, which are fattening up the bulb for future flowers. So the leaves will fall off? If you stop, flower, if you stop watering. Oh, but the other option leave is leave them in the south window. Yep. Yeah, the other option is just leave them in the south window. Continue to water as required. Do not force them to go dormant. So don't stop watering. Right. So just keep watering as required. Keep them as a big green plants, and you, you they will just out of nowhere send up a flower stem. So there's there's two ways to grow amaryllis. You can force them to go dormant for a period, or you can just allow them to keep on growing. Yeah. Okay, but be careful of... Watering the end of August. Yeah, and just feel the soil before you water in the meantime. Only water when they're dry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Good luck. Let us know how that goes. every Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, and thank you to all the callers. Some really interesting uh, questions and and information coming through this morning. The one uh, thing that I I never knew about that pollinating business with a little Q-tip that you could... Become a little bee yourself. Pollinating yeah. business. I like the way you, you say that. You can become a pollinator. Yes, yeah. indeed. You can be your own Good little stuff. bee. Well, guess that's what they do in China. Yeah. All the fruits that are, I mean, think about it. Apple trees, pear trees, cherry trees, all hand pollinated. No kidding. No kidding. There you go. That's Again. the thing about having super high levels of pollution oh, is that you right. lose yeah. all your pollinators. And that's one of the reasons we worry about losing the bees. Uh-huh. Because we don't have a population. Our population isn't large yeah. enough to have everybody out there doing hand pollinating. We really, really rely on the insects. I've just uh, turned around now to look through to the studio behind me. It's crazy busy. And it's crazy busy. <laughs> Dave's Corner Garage getting set to roar their engines. They are. You can see them roaring now as they roar into the studio. So what do you got going on? Well, uh, I'll be back at uh, 1 o'clock mm-hmm. to 3.30 and along the way be chatting with the Eva D uh, from Collingwood, the Elvis Festival, of oh, course, underway. Oh, that's right. And the bus is uh, just... Wake his way up there right now. Beautiful from the day station. to be up in yeah. Collingwood. Beautiful weather. Couldn't be better. Mm, nice. Well, thank you, Frank. Thank you. And thanks to all our great callers. Couldn't do any of this without Nate and Sebastian. So we will see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.
This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.